do you have a cell phone charger I could borrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. That's the only question I ever get. Can you hold my jacket? <laughs> one of our earliest gigs, like with, with Slipknot, was here. And the stage is no bigger than a drum riser. It's it's tiny. It's this tiny little thing. And I mean, even in the beginning days, he had this gigantic kit. And he's like, believe it or not, we fit all fucking nine of us on this stage. <laughs> Hey, this is Party Like a Rockstar Podcast, and I'm your host, Joel. Today's episode is brought to you by Misha's Kind Foods. They're an LA-based small business making the world's finest non-dairy cheese on the market today. They're lactose-free, paleo, keto, kosher, perev, and 100% vegan. If you like what you see, check out the next video. If you like this video, please subscribe and like by clicking the little round button on the bottom right. To learn more about me or our other guests on the show, go to joelrody.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The handle is Joel Rohde. If you haven't already read my book, Memoir of a Rohde, it's now available through Amazon and paperback Kindle or as an audiobook. I hope you enjoy the show. Eric Rogers is a front of house sound engineer has also worked as a production manager and tour manager. He's worked for Avenge Sevenfold, Apocalyptica, Godsmack, Bush, Avatar, Hunter Hayes, Saving Abel, Scott Stapp, and Gavin DeGraw, and Dustin Lynch. Brian Campbell is a front house sound engineer and a production manager. He's worked for Papa Roach, Parkway Avenue. Sorry, Parkway Drive. <laughs> when oh, are they gonna, they're going to come and they'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Parkway <laughs> Drive. They become men. Parkway Boulevard when they sell like their, their second platinum record. Yeah, I had these kids on. These, these kids were called uh, Kids Who Fly. And I'm like, so when you guys get a little older because they just got out of college, are you going to be adults who fly? Or we thought about your secondary name. Actually, I had on the uh, the main dude from the Young Rascals, and that was interesting as he gets older, but ah, I'm still a young rascal, you know, you young fuck. <laughs> it was good. All right, he's also worked for Of Mice and Men, We Came as Romans, In This Moment, Memphis May Fire, Taproot Cold, and Breaking Benjamin. So, first one is, I was reading on you, Eric, here, and you did some smaller tours or one-offs, I'm not really sure what it was, but you got to work with Stevie Wonder? I did. That was actually, we'll call that my, we'll call that my first professional tour. I had done a couple of tours beforehand uh, where it was, we'll say it was less than professional, but on that tour, I, w- I met um, this fellow, Jim Jorgensen, who's a, an old friend of mine now, and he was the local sound provider in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, you know, as you do, we made friends or whatever. And like two weeks after I got home from that hip hop tour, my phone rang and it's like, Hey, do you want to come out as uh, my assistant on Stevie wonder? I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then that was it. I was one of my, it was 2007, six or seven. It was my, it was, I was out just uh, pinning the deck and tech and monitors for Stevie wonder for a summer. It was amazing. Yeah. It's super amazing. Does he change his set every night or no? Yes and no. Um, from now, I guess I haven't seen or been seen, seen a Stevie show in a while, but the set list was more of a set suggestion. And um, he kind of he kind of went with it. But um, the way it worked was Nate, the bass player, he's like the band leader and he'll sit there. And of course, Stevie can't really read the set list in front of him, but we can tell it to him in his ears. But Typically, the the show would kind of flow as the band leader would let it flow. 
But then again, if there's a break and it's time for the boss to talk to the audience or whatever, and he's sitting at his piano and he starts doing something, the band just, okay, cool. I guess we're doing that now. That sounds like more fun. I'd, I'd be into that because it's just every night's a bit different. That'd be great. I well, saw him play once. It was like, it was called Stevie and Friends or something. And I didn't know how it worked, but what that meant is that a bunch of people play all night. And then he comes on for, he came on for literally two songs. He did like a medley of Motown stuff. And then yeah, yeah. he did Superstition and he left. And I'm like, I wanted to see him more, <laughs> but I kind of get it at the same time. The guy's been doing this for a minute and you can He's been doing it forever. And I mean, the band does, they don't fuck up. Like, oh. period. There, there's no mistakes in that band. They've all been together forever. And, and the, even the new guys, they, they have their opportunity to pick the best of the best from everywhere. So it's just... And that's why they got you? <laughs> right out of the gates? <laughs> I was the kid. Uh, but they, they... It's just an evening of songs that you know done exactly the way you think that they're going to be done, just a little louder. And then occasionally, I mean, I, there's... There's the there's shock built into the show where like the first time Stevie decided to get up on top of his piano, which is on the downstage edge <laughs> and dance like on top of a piano on top of a downstage edge. And all of us are like, oh, the fuck's going on? And like his <laughs> his people knew what was going on. Like the rest of us new guys were terrified that the boss was going to do a 12 foot nosedive into the audience. How do they keep him from falling off? I don't know. <laughs> he just doesn't. It's magic. Yeah. Speaking of magic, so Papa Roach. So you've been with Papa Roach for a minute, Brian? Uh, just started with them earlier this year and then uh, February. I talk about it in my bookie. They, uh, Papa Roach, shit, I think it's 2001. And with Guns N' Roses, we did a Rock and Rio. And Jacoby, we all partied in the swimming pool because, I don't know, we didn't leave the hotel. So it was the Foo Fighter guys, Papa Roach guys, Guns N' Roses guys, and we all just partied in the hotel swimming pool in Rio. And man, you know, we got all of us would get really fucked up. There's nothing to do. Guy, he's fucking wasted. He has to go on to the gig. And he had to do this gig. Um, and, and he actually pukes in the middle of the set. He's so fucked up. But I tried hard to like write it in a way so that people always say, you know, what was unique about it? So the same with Stevie Wonder. Did he do the same thing? You know, what's different? And after doing some of these gigs, no, it's the same shit every night, all right? They change a little bit here or there, whatever. But if you want something different, Jacoby don't puke on the fucking stage every day. So you got something that was real special. And what was really amazing to me is the guy finished the set. I don't know how. Incredible. He's a trooper. He's, he's he a, trooper, a trooper, man. Because if you think about it, you know, manning up, going back in there, drinking another beer, whatever it is. But not in the middle of a goddamn gig. That's got to be insane hard with the lights on, you dancing around, and you're trying to remember the words and stuff. I mean, that's that's got to be really yeah. hard. And and he performs at a very energetic level too. You know what I mean? So he was probably, I, I mean, obviously wasn't there, but he was probably going hard still, even after he puked. I remember that. I, I remember being pretty amazed. I was saying that guy's tough as nails. That is badass. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> So how do you guys know yeah. one another initially? Or sorry, Brian, what were you saying? No, that, I was just agreeing with you. That was the end of it? How we'll did we meet? meet? We'll leave Papa Roach on a higher note. Because <clears throat> you're still working you know for him, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what, Eric? I, I think you and I have just kind of known each other through social media. And the, the first, I think the only time you and I have ever met in purpose was at Rockfest. Was it in Kadat? Uh, yeah. In Kadat, yeah. Yep. But other than that, you know, it's just, I don't think we've, 
yeah, I don't think we've crossed paths at all. Like besides that, I think we, yeah, we've all had the same, we've had the same friends and like we're in the same circle. Yeah. Our our circle just never intersected until now. Oh, cool, man. Right. Yeah. You're part of that whole rainbow, you know, team or I think that's where Scott Chuck, I think that's where I was first introduced. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Cause so it it was through the Godsmack section mm-hmm. of that of, of the, the god smack wing of 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 our career yeah so you're you got started eric uh how did you initially get into sound did you go to school or anything or what did you start with i did not i i want i long long time ago i thought i wanted to be a teacher and it turns out i really didn't at the time i didn't like other people's kids so <laughs> what did you want to teach i well i i was really into uh physics and science and history so somewhere in there i wanted to either teach like a like a, a practical physics class or, or maybe like an american history class or something like that it just kind of the more i got into school and the more i start you have this notion of what you think something is like okay. honestly look at what what people think that our job is and then they get out here and they're like it's nothing like what they think it is so i it's thought teaching work. was yeah i thought teaching was you know actually bestowing knowledge on somebody but it's not it's like it, at least for me it was the brochure didn't match the experience so like um, honest memes yeah <laughs> so um this was back in the late 90s and um a, a buddy of mine was a a drummer in a local cover band and his um his his ex-wife was friends with the chick that I was dating and she's like, you should hang out with these guys. You know, maybe there's something musical going on. And I get, I played in punk rock bands and I was kind of like this, I was just kind of stumbling around. And next thing I know, I'm, you know, mixing the, the local bar stars. And, I mean, and then there's, there's a whole lot in between A and B. Like I didn't know yeah. what I was doing, but you know, it was all, it all started off just because me, like I kind of gravitated toward the music scene and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know this was a career and like almost 30 years later, I guess it is. That's cool. What were you? What did you play, or what do you play? I, I play guitar badly, and uh, I play bass badly. Fair enough. What was some um, of your I, band names when you were a kid? We never really had a name. We just kind of oh. jammed. We like we never played out in front of anybody. We it was like we just a bunch of us kids got together and and played songs that we thought. I mean, we would play like punky version because nobody knew how to shred right so we would play like the punk versions of metallica songs we'd play the punk versions of, of like all the metal bands that we liked because nobody knew actually how to play a scale <laughs> we just knew how to be angry and Sounds punkish yeah <laughs> fits works what about you brian how come we're how come we're all stuck with you <laughs> uh started out a musician i got some dope ass uh band names like foobar you know what foobar nice. means right yeah. that's a good Punk rock name. that's a good one yeah, yeah. what did you play yeah. uh man i was a jack of all trades i started off a guitar player was a drummer went back to guitar player the only band i was in that was signed i was playing bass in. So, what was the signed band you know, called uh they're called broid uh they're from long beach california that's not bad either. Yep. Some of these early band names that people tell me are fucking great. <laughs> They're the best <laughs> titles, man. I was every joking. now and then it's like, oh, that's actually a good one. <laughs> I was joking around, like, because, you know, every tour has, like, the roadie band. And sure. Brian and I never get to be in the roadie band because we're always, like, we have to mix. We have to mix both bands. We have to mix the good band and the fucking roadie band. And yep. 
<laughs> I want to start a roadie band and I want to, I want to call ourselves. We play it for. Oh yeah. 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 That's good. <laughs> yeah. I like it. You're a you're a long beach guy then, Brian. Um, I'm originally a Northern California guy, but I'm down to LA in like 2000 and, you know, bounce around LA and long beach area. Uh, where in NorCal? Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Turlock, little, little farm community, farm town. Girlfriends from Lodi. Oh, no way. Yeah. Ooh, I'm familiar, Definitely familiar with Lodi. I'm familiar <laughs> with that there. Yeah. I had on, uh, I had the drummer of Credence on and I, she's like, you didn't ask him about the song stuck in Lodi again. I'm like, shit. I totally forgot. She's like, how? I just fucked up. I don't know, hon. I totally just didn't <laughs> think about it. I didn't... <laughs> so, all right. So, um, do you guys have any in mind of like, some of the funnier gigs you guys did, especially when you were getting going of like the venues of, you know, what the fuck is this type stuff? <laughs> I'd give you examples from other ones if you want. Um, I think the first time I ever walked into the, have you, you've got to have done the cotillion, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first time you walked in there and I'm like, skating rink? Like really? And it turns, it, it sounds as bad as you think it does. Like that was, that was a good one. Like, like I, th- I thought, you know, when you first get on tour, like you fucking arrive, this is it. It's all going to be the arena. No, you got to work your way up to that. Like you play the skating rink, you play, you know, Bob's country bunker type places. It's you play some shitholes. Yeah. You got any uh, back when you drummed? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just all a jumble of just playing in little tiny corner stages where, it's just the drum kit and you're supposed to fit all five band members up there. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, man, I'm trying to jog the memory. The funniest thing, cause you said arena. The first time I did an arena gig, I got kicked out. What? I got kicked out. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was working for taproot. Um, and it was the first arena show I ever did. And, uh, you know, there was some bad blood between, uh, taproot and the headliner for that night was disturbed. It was a radio show at Bridgestone arena there in Nashville. And, uh, <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of beef going on. I won't get into too much details. And I got involved oh. and, uh, <laughs> like physically involved, physically involved. Yeah. Where I, I may or may not have held a, a certain production manager up by his throat up against the wall. <laughs> um, no nah, man um that's that a way to move to up mind. in the industry by the yeah, way yeah yeah absolutely uh jerry's pizza you ever done that place i have it. jerry's pizza oh man yeah that's a good little fun gig um Where is it? pops pops in sage illinois Ooh, that's another one yeah i'm sorry we're just thinking of shithole venues <laughs> well at pops i was there with i i was with in 2013 it was a band called scar the martyr which was a, a joey jordison side project okay and yeah. um i walk in there and, and joey's like i gotta show you this like i've been to pops before dude it's not that big of a deal and um it wasn't the main stage we played there's like the main stage of pops and then there's like this little b stage area and we walk over to the b stage area and he's like you know that this was like one of one of our earliest gigs like with, with slipknot was here and the stage is no bigger than a drum riser it's it's tiny it's this tiny little thing and i mean even in the beginning days he had this gigantic kit and he's like believe it or not we fit all fucking nine of us on this stage and somewhere i haven't seen him but somewhere there's photos of all nine of those guys 
on this tiny little like 12 by 12 platform in the corner like that was the that was the beginnings of you know one of the biggest bands on the planet now incredible huh because you, oh, you might want to edit this out i gotta answer a text from my daughter hang on yeah sure no problem this is why i don't do it live too <laughs> the internet knows that i'm like the super cool roadie guy but i'm really just somebody's dad and i'm just around for the ride so i mean it's your good dad that's good i hope uh, i think i am like I, she tells me i am so oh well that's really good yeah. how old your kid You're doing good then 14 oh yeah come on that's the age where oh, they yeah. think you're awful yeah that's the i hate you phase you're that doing great i i've managed to like all the storms that you get like parenting is you know um i've weathered right like so a year and a half ago when it was like hey so you know my my friend that i'm hanging out with like he's kind of my boyfriend I'm like <gasps> okay you know like you, you, you I'm like, cool like and she's with the same dude like a year and a half later and you know they live in florida and I, I moved to Boston not too long ago. So I flew her and her boyfriend up here. And she's like, you're going to bring him too? I'm like, yeah, why the fuck not? I mean, like, if you like him, I'm going to have to learn to, or at least figure out why you do. So, That's cool of you. Yeah. So when he got there, right. did you do horrible things to him? <laughs> no, no. And the truth is, is I really like the kid. I just won't ever tell him that I do. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, his, his birthday is tomorrow. And she's like, I'm going to send him something. And he... It's funny, like he he likes to wear and, and all these kids they like to wear merch of bands that they don't listen to. You know, like like he really wants you know like he he you know he wants Green Day and Metallica merch like but he listens to mumble rappers so mumble rappers yeah you you know um well maybe you don't know it's like uh, all know. there's there's this whole subgenre of music that will never hit the radio or anything like that because it's all on TikTok. Oh shit. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh yeah, we don't. We, we're old. We don't know shit. So Tick do you have like a whole collection of Green Day Metallica shirts to give them? Then is what you're getting at? No, I'm. I'm probably just going to go on Amazon or someplace or, or find out what their merch store is and buy something to have it drop shipped to them. That's nice of you, dude. Why not? Yeah, yeah you are a good guy. I want to be your kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. You know, keep your grades up. Keep your house clean. I need some new shoes. <laughs> anyway all right random. dad i want these new jordans fuck you i wear vans come on <laughs> i spend 80 bucks on my shoes and you want 400 shoes fuck off that's funny so i'm actually a memorabilia dealer and uh, have you guys seen this where people selling a car or whatever and they're like i hate to say it, you know i hate to get rid of it the wife's making me or it's, i've got to get rid of it but then they put the price on there and it's like thirty thousand dollars it's like that you know you're not getting rid of yeah. shit. You're advertising that you've got a car or whatever you've got. And it's funny because I see that all the time. It's like it's like the easy intro, I think, is the hate to get rid of it, but. And then I wonder what happens when you post that. Like a few days later, you have one thumbs up and nobody's written to you. <laughs> Do you go in there and change it like? hoping to get rid of this thing i'm a bobber <laughs> like how do you how do you know what is valuable and what isn't valuable in related to memorabilia, it's a memorabilia yeah so i tell people it has to be fucking cool not like i think this is cool you have to know it's fucking cool like that's amazing how did you get that 
then you have a good memorabilia worth having because stuff that's just signed it's not that big of a deal there's people obviously collect it signatures can be good if they're in a letter or something if it's a letter of jacoby saying man that was the hardest performance i ever did because this this little redhead kid who works for guns and roses got me drunk all day you know maybe there's content in there that's sort of fun or interesting but if it's just a signed piece of paper or a signed photo so what unless it's the beatles or the rolling stones and you've got everything you know the, you're the one percenter of the high 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 but even still so fucking what so you got a piece of paper signed by some people who cares so, so is it primarily uh music like memorabilia that you collect and so for me so i own the original handwritten sheet music to pink floyd the wall i have it on loan to pink floyd right now I have uh, Mr. T's boxing trunks from Rocky right now. I will be Goldberg's outfit from Ghost right now. I just got in a five or six set list from Prince and Prince's own hand. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you just know you just know that's cool and worth something. So it has to be something that is like, you don't need to explain. It's sort of like, oh, oh, oh God. The stuff that you do explain, it doesn't mean it's not cool and everybody has to start somewhere. Maybe it's cool to you. It's totally fine. It's just how much did you pay for that? And um, is that okay? You know, if it's cool, I, I don't give a shit. I pay 200 bucks and I like it. And I don't really care if you like it. <laughs> That's fine. So you're not like the guitar pick people. I did buy a really big, you know, Gavin Menzies. Did you ever know that name, Gavin? Mm-hmm. Gavin passed away. Shit, it's been like six, seven years now, maybe five, six years. Van Halen and stuff. So he had an insane collection of guitar picks and ended up buying his guitar pick collection through somebody else. But I ended up selling the whole collection. I didn't really part it out very much. I did sell a few, but I mean, really, really neat stuff. Like great collection, uh, maybe like 10,000 picks or something though. But no, yeah, I know a couple guys that, that they have like, um, one of them is the uh, Ian, the bass player for Newfound Glory. He's got he's got a massive guitar pick collection and a, another buddy of mine, uh, he's a merch, merch seller, Chris French. And he's, you know, remember when we were, at least when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. Me too. So you have, you have the baseball card albums. It has like what 12 or, or 16 per page. It's got the slots. He's got all these baseball card albums with just a guitar pick per thing. And he's got them like categorized his way. And like some are like signature picks or whatever. And it's sometimes you catch them at a show. Sometimes like now they go to, festivals and you go up to everybody's guitar tech you go up to papa roach's guitar tech like hey man can i get some picks and then they offer to trade picks they have bullshit picks and all these pick people end up meeting at gigs and trading back and forth it's like the weirdest kind of subculture of festival stuff i've seen i did i mean from that i had like van halen eddie van halen like uh, stage played ones and you know who had really neat stuff cosmo wilson came on here and he has a like almost all of them or a ton of them of angus's pick after the show and angus doesn't play with an acdc pick it's just just a regular pick so cosmo will write on there from what show it was and he collects those oh cool that is so cool but it's not cool that he has one it's cool that he has years and years and years of all of them that to me is an amazing collection that gets me all excited so actually i had a roadie on here and he he had gotten an argument with fred durst because you brought up fred durst and um he had to write Who hasn't had an argument with Fred Durst Had a little tiff and he uh he <laughs> had to write all of the the lighting that he was going to use in the next show because uh, Fred Durst didn't like blue or something I don't know 
And, and uh, I'm like, I would buy that piece of paper from you. So is it really worth anything? No. But as an ex roadie where you got yelled at by the boss and you had to sit down and you had to go through the thing and you kept it. Yeah, that's fucking killer. I'll buy that. You know, so it's to each their own. But all of us, you know, baseball cards are worth nothing now unless you have really old school and they're in pristine condition and all this stuff. It's way too much to go through it. So who cares? But the nice thing about baseball cards for me, at least, is it taught me how to buy and sell. And and it kind of gave you the uh, and the trading thing was fun, man. I could see people trading guitar picks. I think that's actually kind of cool. But I don't have a ton now. I got an ACDC one because they're the best goddamn band ever. <laughs> 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 but I don't know how to play, so it just sits there. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so when I started this podcast, my friends have kids, and my friend's daughter actually, uh, who I had dinner with yesterday, she's in seventh grade now. But when I started, she was in fifth grade. And she said, I should ask every one of the guests when they first felt famous. So I ask each of you guys, when did you guys first feel famous? Now, if fame is not a road you choose to uh, answer, you know, pursue in your answer because you don't think you're famous. And I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. And I don't care. But uh, when was a time in your career that was like pivotal, monumental? It meant something to you. There, there was a clear direction. You felt like you had succeeded. A little kernel in time that's yours. What would you guys share? I think for me, um, it's incremental. There's, there's stair steps, right? Cause there's always that, that first time you're on tour and all of a sudden you feel like, Oh, this is pretty fucking cool. And then, then you grow and then there's that another step. And that like, so, cause the first time you're on tour, you're probably not with the headliner. And if you are with the headliner, you're probably not headlining something like a, a show you want to tell all your friends about. <laughs> and, and then you, you get to that thing where you, you, You've gone from the club and now you're in your first house of blues. Well, that's a moment. That's pretty cool. That's a big tweet. Then you go, oh shit, now I'm mixing the support band on, you know, an arena tour. And it's it's not nationwide arena or Bridgestone. It's fucking, you know, the B market arena in bumfucked Iowa that for, you know, for the ECHL hockey team or whatever, but you're there. But next thing you know, then you get to the that big A-list arena where you're playing Staples Center. And then you do your first festival and you do your so it's all these incremental steps i think the first time that i felt like i was that i felt like i was like actually in this career and not you know just kind of jerking off waiting for the career to start was wasn't too long ago because i mean i've been doing this for a long time but it's like that first time that some stranger randomly reaches out on instagram do you have a cell phone charger i could borrow <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. That's the only question I ever get. Can you hold my jacket? <laughs> Can you take a picture of us real quick? Yeah. Uh, no, like I, I well, the first time I got a message from it was for some from some kid who came to a show and um fa- like found me ba- from the band's Instagram page. And Do you have any Green Day shirts I can buy, sir? <laughs> like I need to ask him that shit. Uh, he started asking me audio mixing questions and had like some detailed things, like what he, telling me what he liked about the show and asking me what I, I what I was doing. This is at the like, gig or on the Instagram was when he asked. It was Instagram. Question. It was a it was a message I got at like three o'clock in the morning. Like when I'm like this is this is kind of cool. Like and then this kid would he came to like a handful of shows uh, over the next couple of years and. I never really got to know him outside of that, but it was like this, this dude was actually coming to shows to hear me mix. Huh? So he'd kind of like wave at you and you'd be like, Oh, it's Instagram kid. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then like finally I would wave him in. I'm like, yeah, hang out here, you know, like instead of asking me a question later, watch real time here, ask me questions, have a beer, let's talk. And it was, it was one of the, it was like that pretty cool moment. And it was, it was kind of how I started embracing things like this, like this podcast It's like, what do you do? You get out and you talk to people. And I know I got into this business. Like, I think it's traditional. Like you just kind of fell into it and you follow the right people and network with the right people. And, and now it's kind of a, now it's second nature. Like I want to reach out and share whatever, whatever useless knowledge I have, I'll share it with somebody else. Yeah. I'll fuck yeah. up their lives as much as it fucked up my own. Yeah, this kid who was watching this thing, and so that's why he said he wanted to, I don't know if he wanted to be a rock star or roadie, I, I don't know. But he said that, you know, how do I get going? And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I, I, I got going because my dad was a car mechanic and this guy needed his car fixed, so I don't know. So I ask everybody, and it's interesting to hear people's different versions of how they got going. So my hope is that there's a younger audience who who does. They see that and they're like, well, maybe I should stop off at that bar and see if I can watch the guy mix. Maybe one day that guy will come sick and I use his, I use his gear, his gear, you know, or whatever. But yeah. So like the first time you feel famous is when, when people start recognizing you for what you do, not for who, like, not for just being like, you know, Papa Roach's guy or whatever like that, but actually like, Oh shit. It's like, this guy can mix. And then they, they start recognizing you for what you do. And obviously that changes how, at least for me, it changed how I felt about what I was doing moving forward. Like, you know it, it kind well, of interesting let- to me though is what when you say it you're, you're you're talking about some guy in the audience and it wasn't one of the bands who's recognizing you for what you do so it's interesting the connection that that you bring up is the connection to one of the punters just some regular who knows you want to know punters uh look at fish yeah fish that that their audience knows the crew as much as they know their band and like they the you know gary the front of house guy and i got since i'm not into fish i i I forget the lighting guy's name but i think their ld has been with those guys since day one and the audience pretty much looks at him as like the fifth beetle and and if you've ever been to a fish show you you you'll get it because like the lights are like the lights are what for me what makes it entertaining because it's just a bunch of pot and twirling but um stuff did you ever see fish play brian i never went i haven't no no i haven't saw a bumper sticker years ago and it was a the dead the grateful dead are dead fish sucks get a job (laughs) fish is looking great four phenomenal musicians and they play one three and a half hour song every night (laughs) i can't get into it man i don't know they had one it was like wheels on the bus or something something about a bus tires and i remember that was sort of okay but but i listen to crappy music so that's the thing too be like oh what do you like and i'll be like i think counting crows is the best band ever they'll be like oh fuck you oh fuck you too (laughs) that's all subjective that's why we have so many to choose that's the fun of it all man but then i'm the first guy who should be like they're awful spice girls are terrible you're a horrible human being you have no taste and you should just not talk to people yeah, <laughs> it's hard is when it's a band everybody likes and you're kind of like i don't know i think oasis sucks and they're like how and you're like, I don't know. um uh, i i worked with uh tanya tucker earlier this year and mike tanya's drummer he uh he has a, a long career he was uh he was uh with the goo goo dolls for like 20 years oh sure and um he's a very outspoken person and if you, if I said you know that him it was my favorite brand you see that brian i'm like oh yeah 
if you go yeah. to uh, your Facebook <laughs> friends with him, he's he's one of those like, most animated people. He'll list the bands that he hates. Like if and, and if you want to see somebody, you know how it's like if somebody has like Tourette's and you you know their tick or what it knocks them off. You like you give them that thing and just hilarity ensues. Sure. All you have to all you have to do for Mike is mention Green Day or the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're gonna get right. the the longest rant of how awful these bands that are entertaining so Chad Olick put it a thousand up people at a time are. Are you on Chad's feed on Facebook or whatever? Chad Olick's one? He put yeah. this chili peppers thing up. What's the worst sound in the world? And man, it was like roadie central. It was crazy. It was just <laughs> so. it's so funny though, because like these these fans are playing fucking soccer stadiums. There's fifty thousand people at a time and they're they're they all agree that it's the greatest thing ever. And then here's this one dude, and man, he, I've got an internet platform and ten people to read it, and this is why I fucking hate him. And quite honestly, like the hate feed is just about as entertaining as the show. Oh, it could be great. And the way I look at it, like you know, I'm not a big YouTube fan, so but if you're YouTube, you do you think any of those guys in the band give a fuck whether you like their music at this point? <laughs> I mean, nah. like any of us matter at all? You think the Chili Peppers guys are like losing in a wink of sleep because some roadie shithead made fun of them? <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> That's how it should be. Fuck it. Have fun with it. Well, yeah. What was it? There's, if you watch, there's a documentary with Metallica. It was the, the year and a half in a life or whatever, two and a half years in a life. And they were interviewing Jason Newstead. And it was, it was whoever was behind the camera was like, what do you say to all the people? Because this was like, right, the Black Album tour, right? Like, what do you say to the people that say you sold out? And Jason looks right in the camera and is like, yep, every night for the last two and a half years. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't get the whole sold out thing like because i because i can actually buy food now yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have, I sorry i'm talent. not starving anymore kind of because my I music is commercially available to more people god i'm such a dick well they have those other ones where you're talking about t-shirts so you know the, the old farts that go up to the young girls you know name three songs from that band i you know whatever yeah um the the stranger things came out like master of puppets was like the big thing and there's a bunch of metallica fans that are mad that a bunch of 13 year old kids all of a sudden like metallica see i would you they'd be mad because it was an english dude in the show playing it i thought that was what they'd be mad about but nope Uh, oh is he english yeah most of the ensemble are english kids oh well i don't know most but yeah he's english it was the Kate Bush song that drove, like, I couldn't, like, I had to mute the TV when that song was, that song is just, like, nails on a chalkboard to me. It's the whole, it's the whole run. <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus. My thing was, it, like, it, it was so drawn out this time, and I'm sitting there watching, and like, I get it, the kids hate her in the school, okay, let's fucking go, let's go, let's see some cool, like, fantasy shit, I don't know, blow something up, and then the way they're like, oh, God, let's go, let's go, but then the other problem now is, like, I'll just be sitting there on Facebook and I'll be like, unfortunately, Billy Bob Joe dies in the third episode. And you're like, well, motherfucker, what the hell did you tell me? I've been watching this stupid show for weeks. Why'd you have to say that? So it was a stranger thing. Someone told me whatever happens. And then the other one was, uh, did you guys watch Ozark? Ozark was kick-ass. I've watched it. I haven't finished the newest season because I thought it started off really slow. And the newest, I started watching it right when Obi-Wan Kenobi came out and i mean come on i couldn't watch that one i don't know i didn't first episode boring i don't know but i was never i honestly i've never been star wars guys so neither have i really i, I, just, know, I, I, I yeah 
I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Everybody else does though. <laughs> oh yeah. And if yeah, you I get say it, you I don't. Get I get it a little bit. You guys have any good wind-up stories on the road? Any uh, shenanigans with other bands, making fun of, you know, pulling tricks and shit, picking on guys? Let me see. Uh, think of which ones that I can make public. <laughs> well, any, anything that was a tour prank because the, the public saw those. Not always. Um. Uh, I did one tour like there's always the end of tour prank right like the headliner fucks with the support band and um uh I saw one where the the headliner had cut the the top head off of every drum except the kick drum and put potted plants inside so it was like he had kick snare and four fucking flower four flower pots um that's an interesting one and then it was, and it's always fucking with the drummer. Um, there was another one. This was when I was with Dustin. The drummer Lynch. can't leave. That's what they, I've heard a lot. He's stuck. The drummer through. can't leave. Well, the, in the, there's a support band we had on Dustin Lynch. Uh, it's called Chris Lane. Uh, Chris Lane is, he's actually, he's doing quite well now, but his twin brother is the drummer. And we had our, we rolled out a, a big carpet on stage and that was our thing. And we let through the, so we weren't going to roll up the carpet on changeover. Fuck that. So set them up on our carpet. And he, for whatever reason, maybe he's trying to quit smoking. I don't know. He chews lollipops and the dude would chew up his lollipops and he would fucking throw the stick with like the sticky end while he's playing. So our stage carpet was covered in these fucking dumb, dumb sticks. And like all of, all of the Dustin techs were pissed off because they they go you strike the support band putting our band on and now you're picking up all these fucking lollipop sticks every day and it didn't matter how many times they asked or told him he's he hasn't stopped sucking on these lollipops so for the last maybe show he goes of the, to the tour, dentist a lot maybe the good idea maybe for the last show of the tour they basically emptied bottles of baby powder because he played uh, drums with coated heads. So covered all of his drums with baby powder. So every time you hit it, like kind of like a, a blue man group type vibe. But another thing that they didn't throw away all of these lollipop sticks, they started collecting them. And the, so they're still kind of sticky and gross. And they stuck all of his fucking lollipop sticks, like all over his kit, like on his sticks, on his throne, on, on top of his symbols, like everywhere. There was like this lollipop garbage to teach to try and teach this dude a lesson at the very last show of the tour and then then systematically like kept fucking with the guy during the show they would go and take away a piece of his kit so he had a whole drum kit but by the last song he had kick snare and hat and they were doing it during the show they would just come up unplug a microphone lay stuff on the ground and just walk off with a cymbal stand so left him with kick snare and hat but it was the band themselves doing it classic Oh, band guys were doing it. His crew was doing yeah. it. They, they made sure that everybody had an opportunity to go get his get some of his shit. That's goody. What do you got, we got the dudes from Three Days Grace uh, throw out a bunch of blow-up dolls at the end of a tour we did with them with Breaking Benjamin, summer of 2019. That was pretty good. Uh, seen another band fill up another band's bus while they were on the stage with packing peanuts. Oh, that's so when good. They get, yeah, when they came off stage and went to their bus and opened their do- door, 
just all these packing peanuts came rolling out the front door as I get up there. Yeah, they went all out. Um, The classics, like you just said, the one about taking the drums away, taking those little mini Marshall amps or little orange amps and replacing microphones, you know, for guitar cabs in front of those. That's a good one. (laughs) Now, one that's not a prank. This is like a a thing that happened. It was with, we'll, we'll leave names out, but I was with an artist and carried a, an opening band and a DJ. This was like a, a, a cool thing where you like I had a DJ who's basically from doors until the support band was hyping up a party. Then the support band was kind of like this acoustic thing and then whammo, here's our big show. Um, and where was, there was two buses. There's the, the band bus and the crew bus or the artist bus and the crew bus really. Uh, the DJ, he, he, he had a, tend- a tendency to party. And it happened a few times where I would have to go because I was also I was front of house and production manager and it would come like, hey, man, you need to go talk to we'll call him, you know, DJ guy, talk to DJ guy. I think his partying's getting a little out of control. And then I would go I'm like, hey, man, like, let's keep him keep in mind. This is a work night. No, maybe maybe on a Sunday night. Let's let's get plastered. But on a Saturday night, let's kind of keep it to a couple drinks. I love that and, you're the voice of reason. Well, I, I don't really <laughs> give me that get, bottle of Jack and all that. Blow. Yeah. Bad DJ. Shitty on tour. I don't get fucked up, so it's not. I mean, I I just kind of sip my wine and go to bed. It went in one ear, went out the other, and so we. I remember we were in. Imagine uh, that. (laughs) Yeah, man, we were in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I mean, I'm in. I'm I'm in my shorts. I'm in my bunk. I'm I'm done for the night. Like I'm just waiting for the drivers to get there so we can fucking roll out. Are they Bermuda shorts or cargo shorts? They were um we're like writing a country song here. It was an American flag uh swimsuit that I cut the meshy bits out of, so that became like my very patriotic, like when my fat ass comes out of my bunk, you should salute shorts. Oh yeah, I see that was a good question then. Yeah. Right. Um so come over to my bus, you need to take you, you need to get him off of this bus because the DJ was actually riding on our bus. And what had happened is he had kind of passed out in the front lounge and pissed himself and there was like this big he was covered and there was pee all over the fucking like these nice gray suede like there was an artist bus it was nice right and he pissed himself so i'm i'm getting this piss covered dude kind of fireman's carrying him over my shoulder up into our bus to throw him into his bunk and had this like all of a sudden one of the one of the crew guys stopped me he's like wait a minute if he's passed out, he's going to pee again. So we ended up stripping all the sheets off of his bunk. So he at least he didn't ruin the fucking sheets and like throwing a trash bag down, laying him on top of a trash bag so he could, you know, piss himself and not ruin the sheets. And by the time I had gotten back, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to help clean this up. Like, again, you're like dragging, like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. Why? So the driver, because usually the driver, well, back when I was, the driver would like, he'd throw down the, and get pissed. The driver does, and he th- he gets pissed, right? So like, like I we try to maintain, and I go back over the bus. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll be the good guy, and I'll try to help out. But they had found they had met these two ladies at the show, and one of the women that was hanging out with with the guys was a nurse, and she was on her hands and knees scrubbing and cleaning up the bus. I'm like, what are you doing? You're our guest, and she's like, honey, I'm a nurse. I've seen so much worse than this. Oh, so she got tickets for the next show too. So yeah, she, she came up to a show. She went backstage, went on the bus with the band, and ended up cleaning up the DJ's urine and not fucking anybody. Wow. 
She's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Fucking DJs. <laughs> I do remember like when I, I was, I was, we did like a radio show where Moby was there. And I remember looking at Moby cause it was just him. And there was like three local women they had hired to dance. Guy just brings a CD case that's the show and i remember thinking like that's the way of the future this guy spent like eight dollars to be here <laughs> and he's making the same as everybody else it's crazy well come on Brian. how many times have people come up to you called you a dj or asked if you're the dj every every night every night hey like, here's a song request can you play this song no <laughs> is it even for the band over it's just is it for the no, band you're working what? for no, it's just like changeover music, right? Like they think they'll come up and like you just got the random playlist going with a million songs on it, so you never have to think about it. Can you play this song? It's my favorite song. <laughs> it's just like, like, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she put out a tip jar, and it, but it's like in asterisk says maybe. You know what I mean? Like, it's the maybe jar. Like yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, used to work with this, I used to work with this LD that had like a sign, you know, how it says like in a workplace, like this many days since last accident, right? You've seen those signs? He had a sign that said, uh, this many days since I was asked if I was the audio guy. <laughs> like, just like <laughs> 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 fun. I like to play that off. If somebody comes up with a, like an audio thing, like, hey, I'm going like, to uh, talk to him. And they point to the lighting guy. And the same thing, somebody comes up with lighting issues, lighting guy would always point to me. That was before. That was, that was before. It actually we... makes a lot of sense if I really think about it. I bet cool. he could do better. That's that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> there sure are a lot of nubs. A lot of nubs. It's cool. This is before we knew to call call them Karens. Now we have a name for them, and we can just identify that that's Karen. <laughs> it was like late to the Karen game. There's a girl I know. Her name's Karen, and I sent her this funny Karen meme. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, what a coincidence. The name's already there because I don't know how to change it anyway. And then I found out later, like, this whole Karen movement was going on. I was like, ooh, should I call her and say I didn't mean to be mean on your birthday? <laughs> yeah. Turns out it's kind of negative. Are you still talking to Karen? Uh, yeah, I think she's cool with me. She gave me some of these hats I keep wearing, so I like her. She's butt. She's she's very understanding to my lack of knowledge of how things go these days. See, I still thought people got shirts from Hot Topic, but no, it's a thing of the past. Oh, I haven't. I hadn't been into a Hot Topic in years and years and years, and then I had a teenage girl, and now I'm I'm back. You're back in there. What are the shirts like on the racks now? Now it's all memes and cartoons and fucking hentai shit. It's weird. Huh. Like like Mumble rappers. Anime. Mumble rappers and anime. Yeah. Like if and there there might be a, a discounted Slayer shirt back in the corner that they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> From way back when. <laughs> I went in, I bought a Von Dutch shirt. That's how long ago that was. We had a Karen attack uh, at the venue uh yesterday or day before in providence rhode island we're doing pre-production there and this lady blasts through the security like at the back gate blasts through almost runs the guy over drives her car straight backstage right gets in gets out there and it's like uh you know it's this venue that's right across the water from providence rhode island like the city and uh and she just starts screaming at our stage manager you guys are, because we're doing pre-production, we rehearsed till 10 p.m. the curfew the night before. You guys were making noise late last night. You're making noise right now. 
what the hell starts cussing him out get your boss out here the whole like nine yards carrying nine yards you know and she ends up getting frustrated because she's not getting anywhere now the promoter's out there the whole shabam and she just turns around and starts going fuck you and just starts putting her middle finger in everyone's face gets in her car and just hauls ass out <laughs> just like what the fuck just happened See, that's an accomplishment. Getting getting that kind of attention, that's actually an accomplishment. I wonder what happens when she gets home. See, it'd be better if she gets home and she's just like, that was fun. And then she just watches Stranger Things. <laughs> like, like, it's all just for fun. It really didn't matter. I wasn't even that mad. Is there a secret yeah. society of Karens like on Facebook and they get in their little group like, oh my God, I did this to the Papa Roach guys today. <laughs> I wonder if he remembers that show where he I'm sure he does. I think he got in trouble. He did. He got yelled at by the label guys for getting that fucked up and playing the gig. But you're playing in front of like hundreds of thousands of people and you're so fucked up you puke. I think it's great. <laughs> Papa Roach was a great band, man. They came out of nowhere too, I feel like. I don't know, man. They that into pieces song or whatever. I don't know what it's called, but uh Yeah. I mean, it was like on the radio every eight minutes. It was crazy. Yeah. Dude, they still go nuts for that song. Last Resort is the name of the song, and it's still, right. you know, uh, you know, whenever that song comes on, it's just a whole different energy in the crowd. You know, I mean, how old are they now? That's that was ninety nine, two thousand, right? So they're so they're Jacoby's pushed... Jacoby's birthday is actually today. Oh, funny! Yeah, he turned yeah, he turned forty six today. And they started when he was nineteen, twenty, right? Yeah, well, funny thing is, it's crazy. Is like, you know, like I mentioned, I'm from Central California. They're from Northern California. So they were in their early 20s, you know, in the music scene, and I was in my teens. So, like, I got to do shows with that band as the opener on, you know, like, you know, different Sacramento area clubs. We talked about a venue that we both played together, and Jerry actually sent me a flyer um, from a place called Fatty Mocha's in Merced, California, you know, just nice. reminiscing about the old scene and whatnot. Um, but yeah, man, they, uh, you know, they were, they were just our home, like our home scene, like heroes, you know, in the Northern California area and, uh, you know, seeing them blow up and then right before them, the depth tones blow up, you know what I mean? It was, it was awesome at the time, you know, and then in the Bay Area, because the Bay Area where I was, you know, you got an hour to Sacramento, hour to the Bay Area, and then you got like bands like Machine Head and, you know, stuff out there doing big things, and, you know, it was a great time to be a kid in the scene there, and now I think there's just no scene at all, you know, it's just dead. I don't know either. Yeah, I, I really don't. I was like the high school in the 90s and the, the mid-90s and stuff, and, uh, yeah, the music was actually really good. I don't know if I thought so as much as I do now, but like I rage against machines back on the road and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jacoby and I were actually talking about the, that the other day as we saw Rage Against the Machine with Roots. And, you know, we were both at the same concert and it was one of the most magical concerts in Sacramento. And still to this day, anybody asks me, what's your favorite show you've ever been to ever? man, that one time I saw the roots in Rage Against the Machine, you know, it's just such a magical moment, you know. Oh, I got yeah. to see the Rage Tour. I've got to see this uh, this tour. It just doesn't look like it's working out with any of my schedules to actually do it, you know. I saw them once, and it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, just true talent. Um, oh, great stuff. Anyway. That's, that's one band that I'll get starstruck on. You know, we were at SIR in L.A. I was with another <laughs> band out there. And it wasn't Rage rehearsing, but it was uh, 
what was the other act they had with the uh, the guys that would sing the songs with them? Prophets of Rage. So okay. it's, it's the drummer, oh, yeah, bass, you know, the, yeah, drummer, bass player, guitar player of Rage, and they're just sitting there playing Rage songs, and I can hear it through the wall, and I'm just like getting goosebumps, going like, oh man. <laughs> that was with uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah Rage Against the Machine is definitely one of those uh, those bands for me that I still get starstruck on for sure. How could you not? There's just so much right. power, but they're so good too. I mean, there's just what could you say that would be bad? I don't know what's the well, shit. There's also something to be said. They haven't written a new song in 25 years, and yeah. the songs that they're playing right now are as relevant today as they were when they were first written and it's powerful that's that's pretty amazing yeah uh, well i do appreciate you guys this time if you have any other stories you're welcome to share them if not i will bug you guys soon we're done i don't know how many stories i'm allowed to tell <laughs> yeah you can tell as many as you want but if you get in trouble it's not my fault <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any other good ones that you forgot? I think I like I like the I like the wind up stories. I think they're always fucking hilarious, especially when you hear one of the ones that was really funny. These kids came on; they're in a band. Unlikely candidates is the name of their band, and uh, they had to do the uh, the meet and greets after, and they glued every pen. They got like a whole bunch of pens so that we all over the table for the the headliner, and they glued every fucking pen down on the table. <laughs> So they couldn't pick up a single pendant sign for anything. And I don't know why, man. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, that's so inventive. He said they actually they got mad at us, like really mad. I'm like, how? I mean, it's harmless. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, a, a good wind-up story. Well, this isn't a wind-up story, but it's one of one of the finer moments, but it's funny. And the venue, the venue doesn't exist anymore, so I think it's okay. I was out with uh, Saving Abel. And we played this, I can't remember, I can't even remember the name. It's a bar in Louisville. And uh, and we ended up doing a, a show, a, like a co-headline or co-evening with uh, 10 years at this gig. And Saving Able played first. And um, it's like this gravel parking lot. And like everything you can imagine going wrong went wrong at this show. And trying to load out, and I had, I had caught some of the local crew guys legit pushing guitar cabinets to their own car and like stop like what the fuck are you doing and came back and uh I, a shouting match ensued and then 10 years started to play so they closed the big stage door so now we like, the bar wasn't letting anybody load out because the only other way to load out was like kind of through the audience and it was a pain in the ass and in hindsight i understand but i'm like talking to the lady that owned the, the place I'm like look it's like your guy was stealing our shit which caused us to stop our loadout and we still need to load out and she was kind of carony about the whole thing and and started yelling and like i, I was kind of calm and cool the whole the for a while <laughs> i was calm and cool and and then she immediately started yelling and i'm like look like we're, we're 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 getting off on the wrong foot here this this, this is not, there's no reason for you to be a cunt about this that's and true. i'm sure that helped that didn't go over very well that at was all. A great magic c word yeah. like i was like i i regretted it the minute i said it I'm like oh god i just so oh. so that was it i wasn't allowed back in the venue i was kicked out and she and 
so she and she called the 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 sheriffs that were there like as like crowd control or whatever and i looked i'm like this is our gear and I'm like i'm the tour manager and he's like i side with you and and quite honestly she can be that but this is also her place and if she doesn't want you in then she doesn't want you in i'm like okay that's 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 legit okay like i could go say i'm sorry but i don't think she wants to hear that so meanwhile one of the other one of the, the end of this story would be like and then i slept with her <laughs> no but i know it's not gonna be i know it's not gonna be <laughs> so this is a louisville kentucky show you and and so the and there was in a bandwagon so like we were driving our, ourselves and uh one of the band guys had kind of figured out which which car in the parking lot was the owner of the venue and if you look around you know, it's louisville kentucky there's a bunch of you know camrys and you know chevy cavaliers and there's one super nice lexus like copy and 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 then we see the guys digging a trench in the gravel around the lexus and then we see the guys (laughs) opening up the flap and emptying fucking uh blackwater tank into the trench that's around her lexus bro that's brutal we basically made a made a blackwater moat around this lady's car (laughs) Oh yeah, that's but, really bad. But nobody was thinking because we had to wait until the end of the show to finish loading out. Whew. And then we had to hurry to load out and get out of there before she decided. It was like there's no one saying that, that the lady that owns the place is going to stick around. So uh lesson learned, like keep your mouth, keep cool, and like, you know, there's never a reason to drop the C word, but or or call people names. But you guys got out of the gig without her seeing the car first? Uh, we, uh, we called it 100 Gallons of Vengeance, and we got on down the road. Wow. I'm sure she still remembers you fondly. What do you think her I, favorite band is? I'll tell you what it isn't. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I, I'll tell you who it isn't. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'll tell you who it isn't. <laughs> All right. I, I, got, I got one story. Yeah, tell me, bro. Okay, I I started bringing up earlier about Jerry's Pizza when we're talking about funny stories, and I'll, I'll leave some names out of this. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> so Jerry's Pizza is a shithole pizzeria place in Bakersfield, California. In the basement, there's a stage that's maybe the size of I don't know, 16 foot wide, maybe 16 foot deep, just a small platform down there. Like front of house, like you can almost high five the band on stage while they're playing, right? Um, there's a certain promoter that works in Southern California there. And I, I was out there with the band in this moment and we were doing a makeup date. Uh, it was an off show. We did a tour with Corn or whatever and we would do these off shows so the band could make budget, yada, yada, yada. This promoter, I don't know what his deal with Maria was, the singer for in this moment is a female singer. Um, Uh, you know maybe he's in love with her some crazy whatever fan but all day long he was like trying to bring her gifts trying to you know just whatever you know and to the point of annoyance I had to tell the guy to back off at the same time you could tell he'd started been kicking like beers back or whatever I saw him taking bumps of cocaine out (laughs) of his office earlier in the day I'm just like man let's just get in get out like get this done right so it's showtime the band's like almost done with their set they've got a few songs left and he decides that he's going to stand on the side of the stage and granted i just told you this stage is like a 16 foot by 16 foot stage chris the guitar player is like sitting there like what in the hell is this guy doing 
our guitar techs like, yo, get down off the stage. What are you doing? Get down off the stage. And uh, I, he, I finally go up there and I'm like, man, get off the stage. He turns around, he flips me off and I pull him down off the stage and he shoves me. Right. And I, it was just, I don't know reaction. And I, I head bunted him head bunting him it broke his nose blood went everywhere (laughs) he went runs upstairs cancels the show goes nuts on everybody kicks everybody out of the venue he won't settle with me he's still trying to look for me to try to fight me afterwards you know what i mean um he still has to settle so he went and threw a check at the drummer you know get the fuck out of here kind of situation um, meanwhile, he's like writing, and I got to see the emails later. It was funny, but he was writing incoherent emails to the agent, like, you know, talking about, you know, me essentially fucking everything up. And it was just, as you would imagine, a drunk person at that stage writing. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is uh, at the end of it, when all the dust settled, he owed the band X amount of dollars for lost merch sales. And he had to write a personal letter of apology to the band nice. and a, an additional personal letter, uh, personal letter of apology to me, which was uh, <laughs> quite a move on the agent. Like that was getting your back pretty good. You should have printed That's it out awesome. and put it on the wall. That's awesome. <laughs> that was, that was a funny moment. That was, you know, that was a decade ago now, but. You should How much did that go for as a memorabilia? <laughs> oh yeah, that's good stuff. That's top notch. There should be like a little roadie like section. Wouldn't it be funny to go to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sometime or something? They do like a roadie exhibit yeah. where they just have random, roadie, you know, first gaff tape ever used on. There should <laughs> be a roadie Emmy's section gaff in tape the Rock from and Roll Jimmy Hall of Fame or something. But the roadie section would suck now. Like, imagine the roadie section through the years, and you have like the '70s and the '80s where there's like the legendary stuff going on and as you kind of progress all of a sudden it's like oh wow well now the guys all sat backstage and check their instagram yeah that's it you know when we started we didn't have phones or anything so remember we'd have the throwaway phones and you got to be careful with those because you want to get pictures of all your buddies tied up in gaff tape passed out in the front lounge <laughs> getting the truck stops and waiting in line to use the pay phone that was fun. oh yeah yeah um like my first tour, we actually one of the sponsors um, put out put their logo all over these disposable. Remember the disposable thirty five millimeter cameras or like a cardboard thing that had like a shitty little lens and a flash. And that we didn't. We still had Nokia. It was or Motorola flip phones. There wasn't even a camera really. Maybe there's a camera, but I wouldn't know how to get a picture off of it. But we had all of these. <laughs> We were supposed to be giving these out to the audience because they they thought that the audience would take all these pictures, scan them, and then upload them to their MySpace page. Like okay. that was that was the height of technology. And instead, like we were taking that was how we were taking pictures of of all of our shenanigans. We're on fucking these throwaways, you know, disposable cameras, and then you go to the you have to find the right moto photo because if you send them to uh, say Walgreens. There's a handful of photos that you took you might not get back. But yeah. Drive so you have through to pay one. extra for the one hour photo, so you just stand there. Yeah, you pay extra for it. But I mean, if you're if you're taking a picture of, we'll say something illicit, Motorola or uh, not Motorola, um, Walgreens isn't going to give you that picture. But the one hour kiosk in the parking lot of Walgreens, that guy doesn't care. He probably made a copy of it for himself. They totally used to. I'm sure they did. That was a good gig back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Kooky. There's, yeah, right. there, 
photos of out there that we don't want like that's in some creepy old guy's house now i might be that creepy old guy (laughs) (laughs) i have your photo collection (laughs) anyway well thank you guys i do appreciate your time and uh i'll bug you guys soon it was fun Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe by clicking the round button on the bottom right. To learn more about me or the guests on the show, go to joelrody.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The handle's Joel Rody. And don't forget, when you party like a rock star, don't be a dick. <laughs>